Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest, Nathan Shields, on the show, and I am so glad that you came on with me. Well, thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah, I think so, too. So Nathan is the host of Physical Therapy Owners Club podcast. And gosh, Nathan, I met you through Robbie Wolkers. When I reached out to him and told him what I was doing, he goes, hey, I think you need to connect with Nathan. And boy, you just blew me out of the park with your podcast. I, you know, that it was new to me. So and I listen to it now and I'm referring it out to other PT owners. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Nathan is also a PT owner business coach and a little bit about Nathan. So he's been married for 25 years and has seven children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> PT clinic owner for over 20 years. Soldier practices in 2018. In 2016, you moved to Alaska, board certified electromyographer, and then also a podcast host and PT business coach. Is that all right? You're exactly right. Welcome to the show. So (laughs) tell me a little bit more about kind of how you got started and, you know, a little bit about you. Wow. Wow. You know, yeah, professionally, I got started. I was a PT graduate of Northern Arizona University Physical Therapy School and, and pretty much an Arizona native. And I like saying that because now I live in Alaska, the other end of the spectrum when it comes to weather patterns, right? which is weird and kind of a different story. But a few years after that, started my own clinic, typical small business entrepreneurial trials, you name it, had to deal with a lot of stuff, of course, that I that we were never taught in school. And then struggled being an owner, like really wearing that owner hat, if you will, for a long time. The business was good, you know, but you could ask me business questions and I had no clue what was happening. You know, I didn't know how to redefine my financials. I just did what people said. And I was so, I was so unaware of what to do that even in my interviews, I would tell people, so what you're going to do for me is whatever I tell you to do. (laughs) I bet that went over really, really well. Yeah. I thought I was so smart coming up with that. Well, but it just showed my laziness and my unwillingness to organize and structure my business to create job descriptions. But at the same time, it wasn't completely like just being conceited. It It was being unaware, naive. I mean, you just don't have the knowledge, right? And so- Ignorance is bliss. Right. Well- it was a headache for me because <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I, I here I'm a, I am a, a business owner and I'd go on vacation and inevitably when I go on vacation, then all hell would break loose at the clinic and I'm getting calls, interrupting my vacation, my good times, you know, it was 4am and waking up to finish my treatment notes and coming home at 8pm and do that a few days in a row. And I'd miss seeing my newborn awake for days at a time. 
yeah, that kind of lifestyle wasn't fun. And as I grew, those issues just become more exacerbated. They just become worse. I mean, they don't get necessarily get better financially. Maybe I'm a little bit better, but is it worth it at some point? The freedom, the, yeah, I mean, the, the dream of a nine to five job was just so compelling. I, <laughs> at that totally. Point, or yeah. having control in your life again. Right, exactly. And I'm like, this isn't what I wanted, really. And so it took some of the, a lot of that pain for me and especially my business partner, Will Humphreys, to go through those trials and finally say, we need help. I got to do something different. And I remember he said, you know what, I'm going to do this weekend for a cons- with a consulting company. I can bring a guest for free. And so why don't we go together and check it out. And they were selling their business coaching, right? And as I sat there, the the cost was huge, mm-hmm. right? So it's a lot of money in some of these places. But I just sat there and I told my wife, I was on the phone with her. I'm like, listen, we're going to make this $60,000 investment. And I don't know what else to do. I can't keep doing what we're doing now. And I've got to do something different. And she's like, do it. Let's go. And that was the beginnings, part of the beginnings of what launched us to be significantly more successful, pull ourselves out of the clinic, work on the business, develop some strategy and structure, grow to more clinics than we currently had, develop leadership teams and build an amazing culture that was super fun and exciting to be a part of. And then when but that money up, there, that was a big nugget because you're a new business owner, you're making money and you're like, I just want this to go into my pocket. You know, this is supposed to be my money. I don't want to spend $60,000, but the accountability for a new business owner and the education that you get, you wouldn't be where you are today without that. Oh, yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that wasn't the end of my coaching outlay. We right. had multiple coaches over the years. We've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching, whether it's for me personally, for my business, with my partner, you name it. For our, Even for our leadership team, we had a coach for our leadership team mm-hmm. for a period of time to help them develop. I considered it now, an in, number one, an investment, number mm-hmm. two, tuition. Yes. So you, how much did you pay for your PT degree, OT degree, speech, whatever degree, you paid a chunk of money, a in most cases, a significant chunk to become technically adept at your profession, there's no reason to think that you should be adept at being a business owner. I mean, you have no foundation for that. You've got to pay the tuition to do it. And that includes time and money and effort, blood, sweat, and tears, reading, education, performing exercises, workshops, whatever. You got to pay the money and you got to do it. And so that was the, and hopefully I'm not going droning on too long here, Kim. No, this but. is great stuff because I think they need to learn this because you go into business. It, if you go into business already cash strapped, you're done. I mean, you have to invest in the business for the business to grow. You do. Yeah, it, it's inevitable. And, and I really recognize that now. And, and it's hard, especially, uh, you know, I don't know the, the OT and speech side of things as well. I know on the PT side, reimbursement rates aren't increasing and profit margins aren't great. And if you're not a good business owner, they're even worse. Mm-hmm. And so to tell somebody, hey, you need to spend, and I'll tell you general rates for coaches that I know, and they could be more expensive at other places, but you know, just sharing numbers and whatnot, you're spending about $1,000 a month at least mm-hmm. to, spot, to talk to someone one-on-one mm-hmm. and get some education. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is, 
if they're worth their salt, they're going to show you how to 10 X that money yep. pretty quickly. You're going to get the return. And yep. I had to say that to when we got, when we sold. So the beauty of all the coaching and whatnot is when we sold, we were able to say we could sell it. We could keep it. We don't care. But if you're going to buy it from us, this is our number and you've got to hit it. Right. And that's, that, that's where the beauty of this all comes into play. Mm-hmm. And that's where it significantly paid off. Not only did it increase my profit margins, when we sold, we had profit margins that were better than anyone else that was selling on the market at the time. When we sold, we sold for three to four times what other PT clinics at the time at our size were selling for. And so it was easy to say, yeah, we can sell and we think we're aligned with the buyer and they hit our number. Well, yeah, it paid off in spades, right? And you Um, just hit something really, really important that I just want to make sure they really understand is understanding your exit strategy. I'm sure you didn't have that when you started. I was told that I needed to have an exit strategy. I'm like, I'm just opening a business. Why do I need to consider an exit strategy? (laughs) Yeah, it's a topic that I've covered just recently in one of my podcast episodes with a guy who's not in the PT business, but, and I've covered it a couple of times, even with some financial advisors, you got to start with the end in mind. Yep. Right. And I mean, that's a common steam of art Covey phrase. I know, but it's not, it's just not just blowing steam. It's a, uh, it, it's important to think, to recognize that you are going to exit sometime. And it's either on your terms, the way you want it to go down or it's not. Yeah. So you might as well be prepared. You're either going to be forced out one way or another you're either pushing up daisies or someone's going to competition, you name it, or, you know, bankruptcies. Anyway, you could be forced to close or you could leave on your own terms mm-hmm. and create something that can perpetually generate an ATM for yourself mm-hmm. or be available to sell and something that has an amazing impact in your community. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So you start with that and, and you don't have to be detailed about it, but you have to know this is where I want you know, it's part of that vision mission statement. It's a goal. Yeah. Right. You've got to have a goal. What does this look like? Is this going to be long lasting? Am I going to pass it on to my children? Am I going to sell it off to the employees? Am I going to sell it to someone on the market for a certain number? And so, you know, going through all that stuff and to come back to your original question, going through all those headaches and then generating this network of other owners that I met through my networking and the consulting that I got, I just thought, you know, this needs to be broadcast to the world that thus I started the podcast, right. And, um, through what I've learned over the years, through multiple coaches and my own personal experiences, and then interviewing hundreds of PT owners for the podcast, I really get a lot of fulfillment out of coaching PT owners specifically. And I'm open to the other professions, but I'm a PT and I know those numbers and that's been really fulfilling you know, to have someone to talk someone through major issues in the PT mm-hmm. sphere, like getting out of patient care to work on the business. Mm-hmm. It's a real hurdle for PT owners. And so I have, but there's a whole that. mindset shift there and oh, it's, it's not a, oh, oh, yeah, switch. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't happen overnight for sure. Yeah, some people are more, more open to it than others or uh, dropping a low paying insurance contract. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fear behind that is overwhelming. Letting go of someone that's been with you for 15 years and how am I going to handle this? And, and I'm, these are like a conversation that I had with one PT yesterday. <laughs> All three things have happened to him in the two years that I've been coaching with him. And at the end of it, he's like, I can't thank you enough for helping me through this and getting to and holding me accountable. There's I, your word accountability. We get so busy in the day to day and we're in that we're back in that hamster wheel 
And we don't know how to stop it to take a step back and actually look inside the business to see where the problems are. But for those people, though, that are starting a business, so the people, our listeners are like rehab providers, they could be PTOT speech therapists, they could be ATCs. Mm -hmm. Heck, there's chiros that would also feel the same way. But let's kind of talk about how would you start a business? What are your basic things that you would need uh, for even a side hustle, start a business as a solo practitioner, or even if you're already a practice owner and you own a business and you want to start a wellness business, Mm -hmm. kind of what's your advice on that? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of legal stuff that needs to happen, right? But before we even get there, and I can speak to this because I'm doing a little bit myself right now. I've got an idea for a quote unquote side hustle, side business, if you will. Currently I do I have a clinic where we perform EMGs and strictly EMGs for the local community. Well, whoever refers, and there are days in which the the office isn't being used. And so I'm thinking about things, right? I've got ideas and I'm making calls. So even before you generate this legal organized entity with an LLC and a tax ID number and a business license with the state and trademark your name, if you want all that kind of stuff, it starts in the thinking phase. And that's where you need, there's just a lot of little work that needs to be done. Research needs to be done. Is this, will this fly? One thing that I like to use, it's called the impact filter. It just recently came out, I think last year, it's part of Dan Kennedy's coaching program. And Dan Kennedy's uh, international business coach been around for decades. His book came out last year called who not how by Ben Hardy. Uh Amazing book, right? Love it. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. Oh yeah. I love it too. But the impact filter in there is a great way to just sit down and start thinking about why am I doing this? Uh What is the ideal scene? What does that look like? What is the payoff? If this really goes well, what's the worst case scenario? If it doesn't go well, who benefits, who do I need to consider all that kind of stuff? That So I love the impact filter. I think it's something that you start doing before you build out your business plan, Uh right? Just to get some thoughts on the page Uh and get Uh it down. I love the impact filter and I start with that. I've started with that. And then to take it a step further, there's many one page business plans that you can find online. You can, business plans can get really detailed. They can get really scaled back. To start with something, a one-page business plan at least starts asking you about how are you going to market this? You know, what are you expecting out of it? What should your revenues be? How? What are you going to charge your customer? What are you going to charge? Yeah, simple stuff. Like how long? How long are your visits? Yeah, just to know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. is there a demand? I mean, have you have have you done market research? (laughs) Is it going to fly at all? (laughs) So doing some of that homework. And then once you start doing some of that homework, get some numbers, get some data, real world data, if you can build out a pro forma, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a business owner, you should already have a CPA that you're working with. And ideally I recommend you meet with them monthly to go over your financials and teach you how to read financials, right. Mm-hmm. And the numbers of your business. So you have that CPA or you have a bookkeeper and you ask them, Hey, I'm thinking about building this out. Will you help me build out a pro forma slash budget? Like, what could it look like if I'm this busy versus this busy? And what could the potential profit be with as much as you know? I mean, you're not going to know all the details, but you can have a significant part of them. 
and see what is this going to look like? What could the financials look like? I think those are good places to start and, and recognize that these one-off ideas may not fly and be, go, be okay with that, but let's get some of that stuff on paper. And I think startup expenses, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there are going to be startup expenses. You can't expect to open up your own practice, whether it's PT, OT, or wellness, and not have some money in the bank to pay for things. Yeah, that's one thing. And thinking about these side hustles or side businesses that that I'm thinking about, I called a, a mentor and just saying, okay, I've opened businesses before. What am I not seeing? What do I need to consider? And his first question was, well, how are you going to fund it? And I had ideas, so I was I was kind of prepared for that, but I hadn't really thought it through. You know, so am I is it gonna be a small business loan or an SBA loan? Because if you're gonna get an SBA loan, be prepared for a long haul. Long process. Long haul, lots of paperwork. Uh-huh. Local business, your credit unions are probably a little bit more, and local banks are probably a little bit more forgiving and willing to work with you than the larger companies. Or, you know, sometimes there are state funds like here in Alaska, if you're willing to invest in a Alaska business, you can get some really great loans with awesome terms, right? But that it's a little bit of a long process, but probably not as involved as SBA. Yeah. But you some people can get a, a home equity loan too. Those are oh, yeah. also ways of doing it. Maybe a cheaper interest rate. If you've got some equity in your home, that is one way that you can go if you right. need it. Yeah. Some of those no payments for a year credit cards. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, those kind of scare never, me. <laughs> I would never recommend those personally, but they're out there and people have done it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. I'm just saying that's there. It's probably your last resort. Yeah, but they're out there. But funding, yeah, you got to consider funding. And so if it's a new company, for sure, like family and friends, that's how I started my clinic personally. You know, I got some money from my father-in-law. That's mm-hmm. how I got started. And inevitably, your expenses that you're predicting are going to be more than what you predict. Mm-hmm. I just had that myself. I opened up a clinic and... The expenses turned out to be ten, fifteen thousand dollars more than I expected. It was better have a cushion, right? <laughs> and, so, and so, but if it's a side hustle, if you've got a clinic and it's running, and you think I want to add this adjunct, I want to do this other thing, I would never recommend anyone do that, even if it's a second location, right? Even if it's a you're doing the same thing but your second location. Or if it's a side hustle, or if you know what, I want to stay in one location, but find a bigger space. I don't care what the growth pattern is or what you're thinking about. You don't start doing it until your bread and butter is solid. Right. right. So you don't move, you don't say, you know what, I had to open up a second location. But if I were to look at your financials, you're barely breaking even. That's not a good time to open a second location. <laughs> Just because a doctor says, you know what, you should open up over here. It doesn't mean you should open up over there. And so the general rule of thumb is make sure your productivity numbers are at least 85% of capacity before you even consider some of these other things. Because if that's not there, then this second thing, whatever it is, it needs time, it needs attention, it needs money, and it needs energy. And if you're then splitting that, your bread and butter is going to get damaged. Things are going to get worse. Both things aren't going to go well, right? With the exception, the, the one cool thing that I'm seeing right now in two different ways here is, you know, our funnel and how we have leads coming into the funnel. And that PT part is that first section of the funnel. And then we discharge a person and there's kind of nothing after that. And then 60% of those people come back in to see you as PT because they know, like, and trusted you. And that's all good. But 
It's golden if you bring in a service that is not going to cost you extra money. Let's say you Mm -hmm. have a clinician you're not utilizing like you should. This is another service and it's an easy service to sell that's perhaps cash based and you fill that back end funnel, then that is income that is extra that can come into your clinic. However, you have to do it the right way. So you have to prepare, you have to have all the things in place and ready for that to happen. And you also have to make sure that that PTA is able to do that entire part. You don't want to go, I want the PTA over here today and the PTA over here tomorrow. It has to be a dedicated system there. Yeah, and what you're talking about, adding that adjunct, can be huge. Uh What I would recommend, highly recommend is just help have someone to guide you through it. Uh Okay. Keep you on track. Make sure. Can I at least say that you're tracking your statistics on a regular basis? (laughs) Yeah. If you're not doing that on the other side, then it, you don't need to be starting something else on this side, but I think you need to hit the nail on the head, having a guiding supportive person that is going to set you up for success and be there to support you so that you do succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Just honestly, just get your crap together. And if you don't know if you have your crap together (laughs) or don't know how to get your crap together, then get somebody, please. It's so heart wrenching to talk to owners and I tell them I'm coaching and then what I'm, how much I'm charging. And they're like, how dare you can, can you possibly charge that much? And I just want to say, you just haven't been there yet. And hopefully you don't because the story behind a lot of successful owners and PT owners in my case that I interview is they get to the point where they're about to burn out. They're like, screw it all. My marriage is a wreck. I'm not making any money. I just close the doors. I don't care anymore. And it's at that point that they finally reach out. Yep. And you don't have to get to that point. Even if you're doing okay, you could be doing so much better. Just don't keep your head in the sand. Keep your head up out of the sand. Have someone to help you. Because like I said, those that support, and hopefully this doesn't sound self-serving, Kim, uh, you, whether you do it with me or you do it with someone else, I don't care. But just get some help. My mantra on the podcast is reach out, step out, and network. Mm-hmm. Reach out and get some help. Read some mm-hmm. books, get some podcasts. Yeah, those are easy but don't just read them and listen to them. Implement some of the crap. Um, Implementation. You hit it. Implementation (laughs) is one of the biggest things and accountability because reading it does nothing for you. It's just storing it. Right. And that's what the coach does, right? So you reach out, you get some help, i.e. a coach. Step out. You can't be treating full-time to successfully start up some of this stuff. You've got to have, you got to have it start with at least a half day of admin, preferably two half days of admin, and really sit down and wear your owner hat, like be an owner, uh-huh. you have a clinic. Once you open a clinic, open a business, you are no longer the physical therapist, the occupational therapist who owns a company. Right. You are a business owner who happens to also be a physical therapist slash OT slash speech, whatever, ATC. You are an owner first. You will never lose that. You are always the owner. You are always where the buck stops. And if your business is no good, it's your fault. (laughs) You can read extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. Uh, Yeah. If things aren't going well in your business, well, you are a number one. And it's when you, when I truly put on that owner hat and said, okay, I'm responsible for making this better. It's up to me to do something about it. I need to set aside the time. I need to get some help. That's when things changed. When I really accepted that fact, that's when things changed. And people have to recognize that the business comes first. The care you provide honestly comes second. 
And so the decision filter generally tends to be what is best for the business, then what's best for the owners, then what's best for the employees. So if you're coming up against some of these business decisions, you got to keep that filter. Otherwise, the priorities get messed up and turned upside down. Yeah, exactly. You have to do that for sure. So we also talked about in our pre-launch, some support, supportive resources or thought processes that Mm -hmm. owners should have if they're a new owner. Mm -hmm. Well, going into this, as you've established your business plan, you need to also consider what are my key metrics? What are my key performance indicators, KPIs? What are my statistics? Whatever name you want to put to it, key metrics, KPIs, whatever. You need to know what your key metrics are. That tells you the health of the business. It is your dashboard, if you will. How fast are we going? How well are we doing? Is this good? Is this bad? You need to track it. You need to know. So preferably before you start any entity, you you recognize what those key statistics are. And that's a key resource or tool that you would use going forward. Part of that mantra, you know, I said, reach out, step out, network. The last one was network. One thing that business owners need to do is network somehow. Find a network. I prefer a mastermind group, but there are like EO entrepreneurs organizations throughout the United States. And you can meet up with other business owners, not just PT. And I highly recommend that even if it's other business owners, because if it's a group of PTs, we tend to have all these same fixed ideas in our head. Mm -hmm. And when I brought those fixed ideas to a small business group, accountability group that I was a part of, they would question me on it. They're like, well, why does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be that way. And I'm like, well, that's what all the PTs say. (laughs) And they just (laughs) nod their heads. I never get kickback on this fixed idea that I have. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's a, that kind of networking can be really helpful and help you get out of that. I'm alone on an Island. I don't know. I don't know who to turn to, to get help and support. Those small business networking groups can really help out a lot. Those can be a huge resources and a tool for you. Find podcasts like this that you really like and appreciate. Listen or read the books that they're telling you to read, whether it's in book form or listen to them, whatever it is, and utilize the tools. When they're saying do a pro forma, do a business plan, they're not saying that just because you're supposed to and that's what the syllabus says. No, we're serious. That's what people want to see. If you want to get funding, They want to see a business plan, FYI. You should have a map of where you're going. (laughs) And these are the key metrics that I'm going to follow to see if I'm getting there. You should have some of that stuff. And we say that because the successful business owners do that. If you want to be a $1 million business, you start acting like that from day one. You have to. Yeah, you don't wait until you're a million dollar business to act like you're a million dollar business. You start setting up your business now as a million dollar business owner would set it up, Uh right? And so it's some of that, those resources and tools and mindsets Uh that that you definitely need to have. Uh And I think we think that just because we came out of school and it's the therapy world and therapy is everywhere, that it's just going to be successful. But realistically, Some of those therapy clinics, even if they're hospital owned, they may not be profitable because they're a lead into the surgical component Mm -hmm. of the hospitals and such. So just Mm -hmm. because PT is out there doesn't mean it's profitable. And honestly, Mm -hmm. owning a PT clinic right now is very difficult because the profit margin is so little when you're talking about an in-network clinic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you also need to look. Yeah. Are you going to be in-network? 
I was there once, never, never, never will I go back. Will you be out of network and what are the challenges there and what has to happen? Or are you going to be a cash-based practice? And, you know, what does that look like? Because if you're looking to be a PT clinic, you have to decide what that is. On the wellness side where we're looking at things, it is so much more generic, but you have to have the same indicators. You have to follow the same steps and it's more in line with a cash-based practice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you have to provide value and you have to understand your client and your customer to be able to make money and yeah. continue making money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much of it. And I realized this early on as a business owner that patients, a majority of the time, either don't know or don't care how good you are as a provider and because they don't know i mean right. people are a majority of people are still asking me what's the difference or mistaking me for a massage therapist or a chiropractor right uh-huh. so they don't know what physical therapy is uh-huh. and so they don't know so what are they really basing their experience off of when they come to your clinics well it's not the care that you provide it's how they feel uh-huh. it's the customer experience uh-huh. and steve lines i had him he's a successful pt owner in oklahoma i believe or nebraska whatever he um, has a book out called The Feel Good Experience. And it's all about, and he says it in the book, and it follows, you know, the 80-20 principle can be put into so many different things, but 20% of the patient's experience is the care that you provide. Honestly, you can mess up the great care with the other 80% if that's not put in place. Mm-hmm. So make sure your care is good. I'm not going to minimize that. Everyone should have great results and everyone promotes that they're the best therapist, whatever. Right. Um, but what sets you apart is the customer experience, right? You, yeah. You can have some niches, you can provide some office services, but even those only go so far if your customer service experience isn't great. Yep. And if you spent 80% of your time focused on that customer life cycle, like Jerry Durham spells out really mm-hmm. eloquently. He was on my podcast as well and spelled it out. Make sure, read Steve Line's book, whatever, but focus on that patient experience and you will retain patients longer. Your marketing efforts, when you do get a new patient, Cheaper. are going to triple. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. they will triple because the people, patients will stay longer. They'll complete their full plans of care. And they will refer family and friends to you if you focus 80% of your time on that customer service experience. Totally. So we just hit on a lot of things there. We went through a whole business thing. So just to kind of recap some of the starting things, because we love business, right? We love what we're oh, doing. We could go on forever. Oh, man, I could keep talking. Um, so definitely establish your LLC. Yeah. Make sure that you've got your legal entity complete. You need to pick a name even before your LLC because you have to business search that name to make sure that you can get a name that is available out there because a lot of them are already taken. Once you get that LLC and you get a tax ID, which should, in some states, it may take a long time, but in some states, the turnover may be just a few days. It just depends yeah, you on your state. Yeah, you can get that tax ID number today. Oh, that's 24 way. hours. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah. easy. And some of those, yeah. and so much of it is online nowadays. It's pretty easy. Yeah. And one of my owners and our licensees of the stretch mobility coaches in Pennsylvania, and hers did not go fast. I think she's still waiting. Mm -hmm. So some states may be a little different than other states. Mm -hmm. But once you get those two items, then you're kind of ready to roll and you can open a business banking account. It can't be your private account. You totally have to open a business account. 
business name, of course, you have to make sure that you have that. And then your business plan that you're talking about, really, we just need to know some basic information and just doing a Google spreadsheet. You can actually search Google for business plan and it'll give you a basic one-year business plan. You can get that template anywhere, but don't forget about how you're going to market and what your avatar is going to be, because I think those are some of the key things. And I love how you said the impact filter. I think that's a good thing to start with as well to really, you know, again, he said that was from Dan Kennedy. Read that book because who not how I tell you, we can all put in our calculators today what we can make. But if you don't have the right people, you're not going to get there. And whether those are employees or whether that is a mentor that is going to help you build and grow your clinic successfully. I think those are key components of a successful business for any startup practice owner. I love that you mentioned the marketing stuff because number one, the avatar, like who's your ideal client? And I talk about that with in most of my marketing episodes on the podcast, who is your ideal client? And I think the fear is that, well, if I market to this ideal client, then I'm excluding everyone else. But that's not what people see is when you target to a certain audience, they start telling other people how great you are. And they also see, well, he's good at that. Maybe I'm, he'll help me too. Obviously, if he helps those people, he can help me as well. For example, I have a friend in Florida. They got wiped out from a hurricane. They had a chance to reopen their clinic in any way they wanted to. And before that, they were just open to all comers. Whoever wanted to come and treat for a musculoskeletal condition, they did it. Then they said, forget it. We're going to focus our marketing and our advertising on 30 to 40 year old CrossFit women athletes. Uh That's what we're going to do because that's what one of the owners was. And she's like, that's all we're going to focus on. They are three, four times busier than they ever were before. They're more fulfilled. They enjoy what they're doing. They're known in the community and in the social media pages as the place to go. And they don't just see 30 to 40 year old CrossFit women. The other people will come. Yeah. yeah, They're seeing baseball pitchers, like major league baseball pitchers and stuff like that, because gain notoriety for that. So know your avatar and then have a marketing plan. Yeah. How are you going to get business? (laughs) And I think you've got to stick to it for three months. I think you have to stick to marketing that niche for three months. And if you don't get anything there, you just got to jump in with a mentor because it's so important to see what you're missing. But if you go for three months with the same and you really, really get your name out there through relationship building, then you have a huge chance because if you've got a good product or service, you're going to make it if you give somebody value. Can I just share really quickly? Please. For PTs, or I'm sure it's the same for anyone who has a clinic, OT's speech, there are four buckets that you need to consider right? There are the local community physicians, right? They're going to send referrals your way, Uh that kind of stuff. Uh So you market to them. If you got an established business and you're trying to start the side stuff, especially with your stretch mobility coaches, Uh you got past patients. Uh We're not tapping into them as much as we should be most of the time, Uh right? There are thousands of names on your past patient list that mostly know, like, and trust you already. You just need to promote to them and find ways to do so. Uh You have current people who are coming in your door. If you've got an established business and you want to add something else that, okay, ready marketing, they're sitting there getting treated (laughs) perfect time to market to them, put posters up, talk to them, give them all the information. Right. And then lastly, direct to consumer, right? So that's your community events. It's your local gyms. It's social media pages and that kind of stuff. 
all of that, your marketing plan needs to have specific action items in each of those buckets. You need to have a plan for how you're going to address and get leads from all of those areas, knowing that you're going to spend the most money in the direct-to-consumer stuff. If you're going to be doing social media marketing, that's the largest investment. Mm-hmm. And also kind of the most difficult to determine if you're getting a return, mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't do it well. The mm-hmm. easier, low-hanging stuff, past patients, current patients, then next, developing relationships with your local community physicians and, and other healthcare providers. Absolutely. And just understanding what their product and service is and showing that you will collaborate with them, I think goes a long way too. Yes. You know, never compete and take away. Reciprocity is a, is a big thing. Right. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. Lots of nuggets here. Is there anything else you think our listeners should know when they're opening a new business or a side hustle? Oh man, we've covered a ton of stuff. I hope, <laughs> I hope it's not too overwhelming. You know, I'd go to some of these conferences for business owners and it was like drinking from the fire hose. I'm, got, I'm like, oh, I've got so much to do. I don't know where to start. Well, just start where you are. Consider baby steps, you know, take two or three things from this conversation that Kim and I have had. Listen to her podcast going forward. Take a couple things from there and then implement right? So as I'm working with my mastermind groups of PT owners and my personal coaching clients, you know, it's not so important the number of books that you read this year. If you could just pick, and I told this to a client yesterday, let's pick one or two books and let's focus on implementing those things throughout the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And we'll go 10 times further. Honestly. Right. Yeah. So Great advice. just take a couple of nuggets here and there. Of course, you and I would say you have to do all these things. And of course, you have to do all those things eventually. But take where you're at right now. What's the first baby step that says, okay, I do this and I'm moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then put it on your calendar once a day. If you can spend 15 minutes per day taking the next step, reviewing your next steps. Where am I again? Where are my priorities? Where do I need to go next? Just take 15 minutes a day, something daily. And for me, I use my Google calendar to tell me what to do. Like all my to-do items are on my Google calendar. I schedule them. Uh-huh. If, it, if it's write out checks to so-and-so, well, it's on for Wednesday at 10, 15. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a to-do list anymore. I just look at my calendar. And so looking at your calendar every day and say, what's the most important thing that I've got to do here to move this forward today. And do I have the time? Can I spend 15 minutes on it? And if I have a two hour chunk of time, wow, take advantage, let's go uh-huh. and, and get some work done, but little baby steps consistently putting effort into it will move you really far. And I think one thing that we didn't touch on that we probably just should at least put in here is don't forget about yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-care. You can't go 90 hours every week and not take care of yourself and making sure that you're eating right. You're relieving stress and you're stepping away completely for the business because your mind can go a little crazy you know, in the beginning stages and you're making sure you're getting that good, good sleep and you're exercising. Yeah. I can just recommend that people get hobbies and I'm almost talking to myself (laughs) at that point, you know, something to take your mind off. Even if it's cooking, I took advantage of my wife buying me a Traeger last year and I've never had a smoker before really barbecued much, but I need something to 
you know, hit different parts of my mind or this summer, you know, the golf season in Alaska is pretty limited, but I was going to hit the driving range every day, no matter what, <laughs> because I wanted to, I love golf. And so things like that, that just take your mind off, allow you to separate and decompress, just find something, anything to take your mind off. Of course, the, the stuff you're talking about regarding sleeping better, taking care of yourself, put some limits on your time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one thing you can't get back is the time. You can't, you know, there's so many owners out there that have literally put themselves in a hospital room, trying to build their business and doing the right thing. And Mm. if you're working that hard, it's not serving you. It's not serving. I've had people close to me, business owners that in their thirties are having heart conditions that aren't necessarily biological in nature. And that's unnecessary. If you can work off of, that's one of the beauties of networking and having a business coach is build off of their experience so you don't have to do it yourself. Trust them, trust the process and recognize that you're not going to get this time back. Give yourself some limits and be as focused as possible during that time, but then turn it off and move on with the rest of your day. See your family. Man, man. So lots of good stuff here, man, Nathan. I so appreciate you and all that you brought to the table today. I think we hit on so many things that new owners need to consider and just think about before they dive in. Mm -hmm. We hit on how to start a business, you know, some things you need to think of while you're in the business, exit strategy and some other things. I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Everybody listen in and look up Nathan's podcast, you know. It was great to be on with you, Kim. Uh, like I mentioned in the preview to this, the it was kind of weird to be on the other end of it, but it's really natural because this is how my podcast goes as well. It's very much is a it? discussion. Yeah. But when you're just talking about generic business stuff, I could go on forever and I get tangential. And sometimes I wonder if my thoughts even link because I've got all these things pinging through my brain. So hopefully it came across rather clear. <laughs> but, if, but if you have questions, feel free to email me, Nathan at ptoclub.com or go to ptoclub.com. You can schedule a time to chat if you like. I'm happy to talk and elaborate and share. And like I said, I've got a pretty good network of PT people and business owners throughout the country. If I don't have the answers, I can hook you up with someone who does. Awesome. Such a great resource you are. I so appreciate you. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show. We'll see how it's going as I get this started. And we'll circle back and maybe dig deeper into after maybe business owners have started their business, you know, what they need to look Mm -hmm. for. Well, I'm excited to be on it now. I can only hope that we can get together in another six to 12 months or later, even if you're going on that long, it'd be hugely successful. But what, however long it is, the material that you're going to put out there is going to be super helpful. So you can take solace in, in that. But what you're doing is great. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining the show. I really appreciate you joining. joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cast practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 